Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here, managing editor of Fightful.com. Ring of Honor, Final Battle 2017 post-show for Fightful.com. We have tons of podcasts over at Fightful.com. A little bit of everything. We're doing uh, Ring of Honor post-shows now, New Japan post-shows now. Uh, We did one for Impact Bound for Glory uh, earlier this year. And, of course, post-Raw, SmackDown, we had that flagship list in your boys show. If you haven't been to Fightful.com, we are breaking news all over the place, all the time. I got that Fightful Wrestling Weekly. Very high accuracy percentage over there at Fightful.com. We have quite the crew. So if you haven't checked it out and are just discovering us this way, head over there. We have uh, forums, events, photos, videos, news, interviews, podcasts, exclusives, everything you could ask for in a wrestling site. And uh, if we don't have it, get over there on those forums and let us know about it, and we will get it, my friends. Ring of Honor final battle tonight. Yeah, we we I put this in the Fightful Wrestling Weekly uh, because I had a lot of people asking why the decision to start doing these. To me, I, I think that Ring of Honor is in that position where we need to start doing live post shows. Uh, right now, it's just me solo on the show, kind of trying it out. But we're in a situation where they are the number two wrestling company in America, and Ring of Honor and New Japan are so closely connected, maybe not as much right this second as they were six months ago, even a year ago, but there, there's a sort of a marriage there, if not like a sister relationship. So I think that uh, it is time to do it, and it's not like Ring of Honor is going anywhere. They're turning a profit right now. They have Sinclair Broadcast Group pushing them. I just interviewed BJ Whitmer, who told me about all the benefits that they could see if – they and if Sinclair ends up acquiring Tribune Media, 
that is until Disney comes along and buys everybody. I fell asleep last night and woke up and Disney had bought like my right leg. So I'm pretty sure that my, my right ass cheek belongs to like goof troop or something right now. They own everything. But the Sinclair backing of Ring of Honor is is a big deal, and they are a solid number two now. Like, Impact can't even make a, an argument here. You have people saying, well, they're on cable and in this many homes. Man, Ring of Honor does better viewership from them uh, than them from the, the figures that I get, basically, uh, between syndication, online, all that stuff, on demand, all that good stuff. And then... This week, this week you've had Mark Cuban who runs Access, which does, is not in that many homes. But the fact that Mark Cuban is all in on New Japan, New Japan has to feel pretty good about that. There's stories up on Fightful.com about that, but Mark Cuban didn't make any bones about it. He said, this is the alternative to WWE. Like Vince doesn't care about us. He doesn't worry about us, and he probably shouldn't. But uh, we believe in this product. They're probably going to take over our Friday nights, and he paid quite a bit to get Wrestle Kingdom on access just a couple days after it airs in Japan. And it'll air in America on New Japan World. We have live coverage of uh, Wrestle Kingdom on January 4th as well. That afternoon at about, I think about 4 p.m. Eastern, maybe a little bit afterwards, myself and Robbie Radford will be uh, joining you for a live post-Wrestle Kingdom show. I wanted to give everybody time off. I know a lot of people like, have that period off work so uh time to watch it when they wake up in the morning and things like that and i'll have to as well but we have that coming up as well Woo! without further ado my friends had to get the the plugs and the explanations out of the way but yeah sometimes i'll talk about that kind of like behind the scenes fightful news and the fightful wrestling weekly it is over in our exclusive section on fightfulwrestling.com the show, you, you got to say it's a momentous show. Things happened. I'm not going to walk away saying this is the greatest wrestling show of the year or the greatest ROH show of the year or anything like that. But, man, it was, a, it was a good show. I had a lot of fun watching it. The time flew by. Sometimes I don't necessarily like that Ring of Honor starts their pay-per-views an hour later, maybe even two hours later, depending on what you count as starting a WWE pay-per-view. But... This one got started off with Matt Taven against Will Ospreay. Now, I've been very hard on Matt Taven in the past. It seems like Ring of Honor has tried really, really hard to make Matt Taven cool, or maybe Matt Taven has, and he struggled to find his footing as a character. It seemed like every week he just didn't know what wrestler he wanted to emulate. Well, I don't, I don't know what his gimmick is right now. I, I don't understand the character, but he had an unbelievable match, and I uh, turned the corner on him. One of the best matches of the night. Just an unbelievable vertical leap over the top rope on the Will Ospreay, who hit a dive on him first. They really start out hot. Taven, uh, Taven looked much better in the ring than, than I remember him. And that might just be Will Ospreay going everywhere. You're going to hear me talk about how so Todd Sinclair is portrayed as an oaf a lot on this show. And it plays into the last match of the night. Kingdom kicked the living shit out of Will Ospreay on the ring while Todd Sinclair has no clue what's going on. There's a nice springboard kick from Taven. The match slows down for a split second, but picks right back up, but about a step slower than what it started off with. And that's okay because they started off at like hyperspeed, just, just going wild. Taven counters a moonsault, a standing moonsault by kicking upwards. 
Then he kicks Osprey into a lion tamer. I really love this. These these were like really clever, cool transitions and reversals and counters that I've not seen out of him a lot. I don't know if it was the time him being Taven. I don't know if it's the time in Mexico that's really made him step it up, but but I, I was very, very impressed with Matt Taven. Speaking of Osprey, he uh, he connects with the sick elbow and a spin kick. A big super kick to a posted Taven. Taven like hits that second turnbuckle and sits there. Osprey does the, the move where he pulls in Taven's head, makes him handstand, super kicks him out there. Then just this great shooting star on the kingdom. Taven wins with Climax. This was a great match. I'll have my match ratings up in the morning, but I gave this a 7.25 out of 10, and that's that's a great match in my book. Uh, the way that I grade, basically you start off as a 5, and you either slide up or down the scale. And it, a 6 is good. Anything above 7 is really good. I encourage you guys to check that out. Matt Taven really impressed me, and Will Ospreay is just one of those guys that can make – his style works with everybody or can work with everybody because even like it used to be, you would only see like big brute guys be able to power somebody around. But even if Osprey is facing a guy that isn't the strongest dude in the world, he's light enough on his feet and light enough with his body that he can make anybody look really, really great. So uh, hats off to Matt Taven and Will Osprey. Uh, Matt Taven said that the conspiracy is going to end. If he pulls out performances like this all the time, I can get behind him being pushed the way that ring of honor often pushes him i've never seen the appeal in kingdom i don't i mean maybe as as like his cronies sure but not not a lot more than that i i've just never seen like a lot out of that but i mean they they were great tonight they were very great tonight war machine defeated addiction this was a, a definite come down from the the last match there's a john cena sucks chant for some reason Ring of Honor did a really good job in the lead-up to this match, making two giant dudes in Hanson and Rowan, or Hanson and Rowe, look like <laughs> look like they were bullied by a couple of cruiserweights. But when that's that hits the ring and it's still portrayed as that, that's that's tough for me to get behind. Now, often I'll say size doesn't necessarily matter because I always hate it when people say, Oh, I can't believe so-and-so beating up so-and-so because the guy is so little. It's pro wrestling. It's not real. You you can you you decide what you want to believe in a sense. Like they can make a little dude like a Superman. And there are cases in MMA, like proven cases, dozens of them, where little dudes beat up really good big dudes. But throughout this match, like a couple of cruiserweights are thoroughly kicking Ray Rose ass. Like, I mean, real bad. Not that there's anything wrong with Kazarian or Daniels. Uh it was just <laughs> a real thorough ass kicking. War Machine hit Fallout for the win. Uh, it was decent. Nothing special, though. Jay Lethal defeated Marty Skrull. Skrull came out dressed in all white. Crowd was hot for Marty Skrull, too. Uh, Lethal has seemed so inconsequential this year. Just like everything that he's done, it doesn't seem like in the grand scheme that's that important or, or it matters that much. And I wonder what that means for his future. Now, a lot of people say, well, he beat Marty Skrull, so it means something. But I don't know that Marty Skrull's committed that much to Ring of Honor. I, I got to check on that, but you know, I don't know. I, I do know that Jay Lethal sells just so well. He cat-rolled right out of the ring after a superplex attempt. To me, a superplex 
every once in a while should finish a match. Sometimes it does if like a ring breaks or something. But yeah, man, I think that that should finish a match every once in a while, especially when it's one that like Randy Orton did to Sami Zayn a couple weeks ago where he went full on. He didn't go snap suplex. He went full on, like threw him up in the air. Good fundamental work out of these two. Skrull works the arm from the elbow down. A really good corner suplex as well. Skrull ran up the apron to hit a tornado DDT on the floor. Now, their padding looked exceptional as, as a guy who worked in the ring a little bit. I got to say, if, if there's a move I want to take on the out, if there's a place I want to take a move on the outside, it was on this padding that they had. But still, it can't feel great. You know what I mean? It's... <laughs> It's like saying, like, what kind of glass do you want to chew on today? Well, it's still a DDT on the floor. Uh, get in your questions, by the way, guys, on the live chat. I don't want to ignore that at all. Uh, pass pass along any questions. Somebody says, Skrull is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion with New Japan. Yeah, I know. He just hasn't committed that much to Ring of Honor in particular. There are plenty of guys that are in one, not as much the other. I mean, maybe I'll get some heat for this. I don't know. I hate the lethal injection as a finish. I don't see the point in in uh, the the handspring into the cutter. Like, that's so pointless. Now, out of an Irish whip, that can kind of make sense because you're trying to reverse the momentum or stop the momentum or something like that. And you know, there's a lot of people that would, would say to me, well, Sean, the Irish whip in general – is is a little ridiculous and over the top and hitting the ropes is a little over the top. I'm not not if you go in there and you hit the ropes without turning into them. I mean, you legitimately if you're running those ropes full speed, you better turn into them. But whatever. Oof, Sinclair gets knocked down again. Marty Skrull tries to Eddie Guerrero Jay Lethal, but Jay Lethal Eddie Guerrero's Marty Skrull by wrapping the chair around his neck around his own neck rather. Damn, did the crowd go hot for this. Chanted Eddie, everything. It was it was really a really fun spot. Now, the lead up of this was Marty Scroll calling out Jay Lethal. Like, Ring of Honor gave him whatever match he wanted. Marty Scroll kind of wanted to bring a villain out in Jay Lethal, and Jay Lethal said he was nothing like Marty Scroll. that Marty Scroll had to do these, had to make, use these villain tactics, while Jay Lethal just did them to do them. There was a Ghostbuster by Skrull, a figure four by Lethal that Skrull got out of pretty well or pretty quickly. Oaf Sinclair misses an umbrella shot again, and Skrull gets two on a release pile driver. I got an issue with that that I'll take up later. Oaf Sinclair strikes again, misses a kick right to the penis, right in the penis of Dalton Castle, and the Lethal Injection wins it. I thought it was such a cool story to have Lethal have to cheat to beat the villain. So Lethal had to out-villain the villain. And it wasn't like he he did it just to do it. He kind of had to do it. Or at least it looked like to me like he had to do it. Brent Vaught said, Sean Lee Tottelotti's a hero. Man, they just buried him throughout this show. Again, I'll get to it. It's going to be a big part of the closes. ROH World Tag Team Championships. Motor City Machine Guns defeated the best friends. Best friends were over. Really over. I posted in my notes, I hope this streak of Trent kicking out of something ridiculous on a Ring of Honor pay-per-view is over. It is indeed over. 
I don't know many teams in wrestling history that work as well together and know each other as well as Chris Saban and Alex Shelley. Alex Shelley used to be one of my favorite workers in the world. He's still a damn good one. But like where I don't think these two guys are nearly as smooth individually as they once were, as, as it pertains to being a tag team, gosh, it's like they just keep getting better. And maybe maybe that's that's a compliment to how well they work as a team because I, you know I'll I'll be into a Chris Saban or Alex Shelley singles match, but you know it they have I don't want to say lost a step that would that would be really disrespectful to their skill set and and I'm not trying to do that. It's just damn man they they just like they they already know they they really are that that cliche of knowing what the other person's doing. Well, uh, one of them messed up a spot, and they made Trent pay for it for some reason. Like, the crowd started to chant the you effed up stuff, you effed up. And then Chris Saban and Alex Shelley just beat the shit. Beat the shit out of Trent. There was uh, a dude buster that got turned into an infrared because Saban super kicked Trent. That was really cool. Shelley breaks up a pin after a super strong deep zero, and then... Eats a lawn dart cutter on the outside. So you've got a guy up in snake eyes and you just heave him into a cutter on the outside. That was super cool. What I didn't like is the finish. Hated this finish. Garbage. And it was the second straight match that a pile driver was just marginalized. I think Saban got hit with a pile driver by Dustin, Chuck, Chucky T, whatever the hell you want to call him that day. And then immediately rolls through and gets a pin on Trent. And I was like, ooh. I don't know if I like that. Now, now sometimes I'll make the excuse of, of doing that like in a championship match. And I can buy that a little bit. You, you reach down deep in, the, in those important moments. It's final battle. It's their biggest show. It's a championship match. That, that's me playing devil's advocate. That's me making an excuse for it. But, man, for, for decades and decades, the, the pile driver has just been – Treated as such a such an important move, a dangerous move. It's banned from WWE. So when somebody whips it out on a, on an ROH show, it should. I mean, you can play off of that. If if somebody's watching Ring of Honor, let's be real. I would. Now this is just my estimate. I would say there's an eighty to eighty five percent chance they know the pile drivers banned in WWE, and you could probably play off of that. I, I hey maybe it's. Me being an old get-off-my-lawn type of guy, but I think the DDT should be protected too. So, uh, whatever. Match was okay. It was fine. Best friends were really over, though. I'll tell you a match that wasn't okay, this fatal, or not fatal four-way, this four-corner match. I think it was the only match that I gave a sub five to, which means it went down the scale as my rating started. And, you know, maybe that's unfair to them, but this just wasn't good. It just wasn't good to me. Shane Taylor has the menacing look down. If he had the demeanor of a Silas Young, I think he'd be something really cool. Uh, Punishment Martinez comes out with a legion, like a cult type of thing. Silas just brings the Beer City Bruiser. <laughs> uh, Silas Young is one of the great characters in wrestling today. Like, it's just... He's just so good at that character. Uh, you can go back on our FightfulWrestling.com exclusives, and it's on our YouTube, too. 
I sometimes I play uh, a game called Wikipedia Fact Check with our guests. I'm going to bring it back. I know I've said I'm going to. I've got like a ton of them in the can. You have no idea. I probably got ten of them in the can, just waiting to release. But you boys at Fightful have so many exclusives. I don't. I don't have time. I don't know if I have enough time. But instead of Wikipedia Fact Check with Dal- with uh, Silas Young, we played Manly or Not Manly. And that was that was great. Like he's one of those guys. Like usually when I interview somebody in wrestling, I want them out of character. But there are some people. There, there's a Matt Hardy, whether it's Big Money Matt or Broken Matt, Silas Young. I prefer guys like that in character, just because I buy I buy a Silas Young acting like that. And even if I don't buy a Matt Hardy really being like that. It makes for a more entertaining interview than if I were to interview them out of character. Anyway, somebody, uh, Brent Vaught says, please refer to punishment as not Baron Corbin. Yeah, it is mind-boggling to me that WWE didn't sign Punishment Martinez. And not not that they not just didn't sign him. Like, he's been out there for a long time. People don't realize that he's been out there for like a decade. Like, Danny Cage, the guy who runs Monster Factory... I'm pretty sure punishment came up with him. Like came up with Danny Cage. Big fan of punishment Martinez, guys. Kenny King shows off his athleticism early. Then Shane Taylor runs over everyone, but the crowd was just dead for this. This is this is move, 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 move. And that's okay because it's the four-way. But as, as I'll talk about in the six-man tag later, one of the benefits of having a four-way match and having a six-person match is that when you do these moves, 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 you can get past the excuse of, well, you have to use psychology because there are four guys in a match. You're just doing what the hell you can. That is the psychology. You, the psychology is that you almost have to abandon psychology and abandon strategy in order to even stand a chance, at least in some regard. But instead, what we got in this was like a lot of extended periods of selling. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but that seemed to be much of the match early on. And I'm like, damn, the, the four corners match is like your ticket out of that. It's your ticket to steal the show. I don't get it. Uh, Taylor hit the hit a Death Valley driver into the corner on uh, punishment. There's this heckler like calling Shane Taylor fat. And I'm like, man, is that is that why you come to a wrestling show? And I get it. You can go there and say whatever you want, and he's getting a reaction, all that stuff. I'm just like, I, I, in that regard, I'm not old school because I think that's kind of dumb because that dude knows probably knows it's a work. So Taylor gets eliminated shortly after by a corkscrew senton by uh, Punishment Martinez. This match is a mess. Still no crowd reaction. Silas and Kenny King hit a powerbomb blockbuster. On Martinez on the floor. Uh, even more impressive, I thought, though, was Kenny King getting the royal flush on Martinez because Martinez is a big boy. Um, changed the record. Oaf Sinclair misses a beer bottle, cracked over King's head. King gets pinned. I just want to say when I call him Oaf Sinclair, I'm not attacking the man, Todd Sinclair. I don't know the man. I'm sure he's a nice dude. Maybe if they said, call it as a shoot, he'd be a wonderful referee. Oaf Sinclair is the character that they have him portraying. But anyway, King gets pinned. Guaranteed a new 
ROH television champion. And between Silas Young and Punishment Martinez, honestly, probably the two I would have picked. Like, because that, that Punishment Martinez, I just, I've liked since I saw him in the top prospect tournament. Silas Young, since that feud with Dalton Castle, just A+. Brent says, leave Todd alone. Oh, no, I'm going hard on Todd on this show. Beer City Bruiser put Silas's foot on the ropes after a choke slam from Punishment. Silas eventually picks up the win uh, with Misery, which is also impressive on Punishment Martinez. Man, Silas Young being ROH World Television Champion, in my opinion, gives the title a little bit of buzz. There was like no pop for Kenny King as the champion. And I used to think Kenny King, I don't want to say the second coming. Back in the day, I'm a, I'm a big fan of those Adam Ryland games. If you all have ever played Grey Dog software games, I'm talking like, uh, EWR, WMMA is the only one I play now, mainly for scouting reasons for my job. And TEW, which I never got into, but I would always on EWR sign Kenny King, fresh off of Tough Enough. He should have won Tough Enough. And back in the day, I loved All Night Express. Don't think they've aged well. But ever since Kenny King came back from TNA, just I, I haven't felt it with Kenny King. I just haven't. And they put him in some... Some no-heat storylines like The Rebellion and The Cabinet and stuff like that. It's just not been good. Uh, my associate editor, Brian Rose, says, I've been playing WMMA for the last week. Hey, the new one's coming out next month. I would love to work out a sponsorship deal with Adam Ryland, just if you all want to tweet him or something. I love that game. Um, I'll talk a little bit about that game after uh, after I get done with the show because I'll have a little bit of times time. Yes, they are sim games. But Silas is just a great character. Punishment, I think, is going to be big for them. He he can portray that kind of like he had, he had like he came out with a legion for the love of God. Shane Taylor has to find a place. I interviewed Shane Taylor this week, and the guy is remarkably soft spoken. Like you just hear kindness flow through his soul as you as you talk to the man. And I don't know if that's what ROH wants from him. Maybe they want a gentle giant out of him. But I could hear it through the phone how nice the man was. He told me he did, he uh, still keeps in touch with uh, Keith Lee, by the way. Uh, New York Street Fight. This was fun. I didn't expect it to be either. Briscoe's defeated Tommy Dreamer and Bully Ray. The story was Briscoe's kind of ended Bully Ray's career, gave him like, concussion issues. He, he really ate shit on a dive to start the match, but the crowd was all about it, so whatever. Now, Armad, king of uh, indie style on Fightful.com, we, we do live coverage of these shows, and we have live chats. I definitely encourage you guys to, to come join those. I'm talking every show, from Impact to NXT to uh, ROH tonight, Wrestle Kingdom as it airs live. Raw, SmackDown, WWE reviews, Clash of Champions this weekend. We're in there talking. And he said, yeah, just what this blood feud needed, lightsaber jokes. Yeah, I didn't get that. I didn't get that, man. Like, I get it, you're entertaining people, but sorry. If somebody gave me a concussion and almost ended my career, I'm probably not whipping out a lightsaber, mo uh, lightsaber trying to get on, like, the – trying to get on the lifestyles page of yahoo.com or something. Like, it's probably what they did it for. They wanted to get a little press off of it. And 
And uh, like that's the hot thing right now. I get it, but there's a steel ch- chair sword fight as well. Bully gets busted open. Jay Briscoe puts a ladder on him, hits a beautiful senton off the apron. I'll address the XFL thing later. I got a comment from WWE. It's the same one David Bixon's band got, by the way. Cheese grater action. That's not my thing. Bully Ray's a mess. Ray sends Jay flying to the outside. The next spot is one of my favorite on the show all night. Mark and Bully are face-to-face in the ring. Keep in mind, Bully's whole storyline leading into this is that he's got concussion issues. Not one that they play off of a whole lot in pro wrestling. Or at least these days. Jay slides in two chairs. Mark picks up one. Bully picks up one. As Bully picks up one and turns around, he doesn't make it obvious. But then Mark just slams the chair into Bully's head and the other chair. But he did it in a way that that Bully's chair protected Bully's head, but looked far more violent than it could have if he hit Bully straight on with a chair. It was a clever, brilliant, well-executed spot. Hats off to those three guys for pulling that off. That was that was really cool. Love that. Love that. Dreamer <laughs> landed a pump handle kendo suplex, then a Spicoli driver through the table outside the ring. Bully Ray uh, killed a table unlike anything I have ever seen, just with a splash. Somebody says uh, it was the reverse J-hit bully. My bad. My bad. With With the hair differences now, or the beard differences, all that stuff, it's a little tougher for me. But I, I love that spot. That was really, really cool. Just it couldn't it couldn't have went better. Couldn't have went better. As I mentioned, Bully killed a table. <laughs> and I mean that table evaporated. But then he didn't with the three B, as Briscoes call it, the three D, but you know, get the Briscoes. Ha <laughs> ha. So you see. I think it was Jay calling Audible, Mark calling Audible. It was Mark because it was the froggy bow. Got the win through the table. Good stuff, man. That was fun. That was that was just a lot of fun, and I wasn't expecting anything great out of it. But it was it was a good time. I liked it. It was just mayhem, a lot of table breaking, a lot of a lot of violence. Now, hey, I'm not gonna complain if a cheese grater doesn't get used. I'm not not that kind of a guy, but but still, uh, that match did what it was supposed to do and in the right place as well. Women of Honor. So I got to say, you know, we have worked a little bit with Deanna Perrazzo, interviewed her. She wrote for us for the Pro Series. Wonderful woman. I know Kelly Klein a little bit and, and all, also a wonderful woman. Extremely happy for these women that they are getting their own championship. Uh, I don't know what the quality of matches is going to be, but I, I'm pretty sure ROH is going to vet that extensively. These are going to be taped, I would imagine, until the finals, and they're going to probably revamp that roster. Uh, I think it could end up a little bit like the UFC featherweight division where you've got somebody on top who is like the queen of that division, and then you kind of bring in celebrities. <laughs> to fight her like Holly Holmes moving up from 135 and you've got Tanya Avenger a, a 135 invicted 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com champion coming into face i think that could happen but you do have some girls there that can work uh, you got some girls in there that can't work too and i'm sure that uh they're they're going to be looked at extensively i know this was a decision that that ring of honor thought about a lot they got five championships now and you think about new japan for as fun as their product can be like every damn match on the show is a title match like i remember <clears throat> one of the first indie shows i worked like every day match was a title match. I was like, what makes it special? Like I I was like, I don't want to be in one. Like that that seems more different than than anything. Like I I just think that that's that can be bad. So you got five titles here altogether. ROH, TV, tag team, six man, and then women of honor. But they usually run seven to eight matches. So they're they're not quite in New Japan territory, but if they start defending New Japan titles on Ring of Honor programming, like pay-per-views, it, it could be, it could get that bad. Match of the night, in my opinion, ROH six-man tag team championships. The Hung Bucks, which is the Young Bucks and Adam Page, defeated Flip Gordon, Teton, and Dragon Lee. We have interviewed both Adam Page and Flip Gordon on the site, FightfulWrestling.com. Head over to the exclusive section. What the Bullet, what Bullet Club and being the elite have been able to do for Adam Page and Flip Gordon, I don't think can be understated. Like every time they release an episode of Being the Elite, I'm almost I'm amazed a little bit. I watch a lot of wrestling. Three hours of Raw on Monday, then I do an hour after that. Two hours of SmackDown, then I do an hour podcast after that. Got to catch up on 205 Live. Wednesdays, I got to track down Lucha Underground, NXT. Thursday, I got to watch two hours of Impact. Then I got to fit in whatever New Japan shows are there. And uh, I try to watch anything else WWE puts out. Try to watch the digital stuff from Ring of Honor. I got to watch an hour of Ring of Honor. And that's before MMA. So if if anybody in this line of work says that they don't get a little burned out, it's probably a lie. And any extra content can almost seem like a chore sometimes. It is never a chore to watch Being the Elite. 
they they take people who I I didn't give a damn about Adam Page. I used to know him as that guy who did the dumbass shooting star shoulder block off the apron, which I, I hate that move. If anything, it reduces the velocity as you're hitting a guy. But this got him and Flip Gordon over. Like, amazingly. And Marty Skrull was over, but it's really added to him. Like, it's opened up a new side to his personality. That is a must-watch series. It's to the point to where every time an episode drops, like, Alex knew and now Brian knows. If it's out there, put it up on the site immediately, being the elite. It's just, it's amazing what they're able to do. Scorpio Sky in this match is technically on commentary. He doesn't say a damn thing, but there he is. I remember Scorpio Sky from back in the day. I remember a clip of him in Human Tornado uh, (laughs) doing a dance to beat it while in the ring. That's a good video. I wish it was available in HD, but shout-outs to Human Tornado. Good dude. Titan is amazing. That handstand walk is really cool. Flip Gordon... (laughs) Matt Jackson goes for the uh, where do you think you're going handshake attempt. And Flip Gordon answers it with a too sweet attempt. And the commentators, who I really like, I'm really, Ian Riccoboni's growing on me. When he gets out of like kind of the, the generic radio voice, I think he'll be even better. But God, another another guy who just exudes kindness through through his interview. He and Cole Cabana played that up perfectly. They're like, that's the one thing the Young Bucks can't do. That was great. That was great. All six guys go for a drop kick and miss. Flip and uh, Team CMLL hit a triple springboard onto the Hung Bucks, but none of them hit at the same time. Like I had to go back and watch that a couple times. That was really cool. I love the dives from Paige and Matt Jackson. I'll tell you why. They both looked good. And what I like when I do well, I. God, I hate to draw the comparison to me when I work because I ain't doing flips. But whenever I would dive on somebody, I would try to do it on more than one person. It makes more sense that way. You're taking that high risk that could, hey, like TK O'Reilly, break your freaking leg in half. But if you're doing it to three people to take out three people, well, that's worth it. You got two other guys hanging around. Or if it's a one-on-one and you're trying to even up the odds, somebody's on the outside messing with you. It just makes a lot more sense like that. Sami Zayn got really good about doing that uh, last year during his babyface run, but he's not doing a lot of dives these days. The Matt Jackson one off the stage is really cool. Like the touch of Titan falling down when Paige tried to pick him up for an Irish whip. Flip Gordon got fired up. There were like five straight kick ups or kip ups. Uh, he matrix dodged the the super kicks and did a six one nine and then a springboard double blockbuster. Then this incredible one-footed springboard dive to the outside. This match was insanity. I heard SRS invented the Tope Conhilo in 1994. I don't think I could do one of those. I don't think I could. I could probably do one. A few years ago, maybe. What do we got here? Okay. Got to find my spot now. The, the questions are uh, coming in fast and furious now across Twitter, uh, YouTube, and the site. Matt Jackson jumped from the second rope inside the ring to the outside apron DDT Dragon Lee. That requires some some heavy coordination. Uh, like I said earlier, the benefit of spot fest in matches like this is that they make sense because there's so many guys. 
So you don't have to slow it down. You don't have to have, um, you don't have to have a ton of psychology because you're just trying to finish this. Uh, Dragon Lee hit the orange crush bomb. I'm not sure what he calls it, but it was an orange crush bomb and it looked really good. And the first ever shooting star off the apron from Adam Page I've ever liked into an indie taker, just because that move is exceptional. It's it's like intentionally over the top, intentionally over the top. Triple super kick on flip, then an indie taker right of passage. My God, Hangman Page had two guys up while they hit this indie taker right right of passage. And that was it. Uh, Hung Bucks retained the titles. After this, Addiction run in. And there were so many people in the ring that it kind of got lost in on the crowd. Because when I tell you that this segment, this this next thing didn't get over, I I can't really convey with words how, how much it didn't get over. Addiction attacked everybody, including Flip Gordon, while Scorpio Sky awkwardly stands in the ring. And then, of course, you know that he turns on Flip Gordon. And ROH production misses it. Womp, womp, womp. Just no reaction. No reaction. Too many people in the ring. Too much stuff going on. Just get everybody out of the ring. Have Flip Gordon in there selling. Scorpio's in there checking on him. Addiction hit the ring. Beat up his buddies. Beat up Flip. There you go. Don't do it while everybody's in the ring and there's streamers and all that shit. Come on, man. Okay, I'll address this XFL thing. So here's the uh, – this is before the main event. I'll, I'll address this. Uh, the Hall of Fame stuff, don't know. Don't know anything about that. I, I heard from a WWE spokesman. He gave me the same uh, statement that he gave David Bixenspan, one of our writers who's reporting on the story for Deadspin. Quote, Vince McMahon has established and is personally funding a separate entity from WWE, Alpha Entertainment, to explore investment opportunities across sports and entertainment landscapes, including professional football. Mr. McMahon has nothing further to announce at the time. End quote. There are rumors that this could be like a conservative answer to the NFL with the kneeling and all that stuff, but even if that happens, I, I don't think that lasts more than a season. Now, you do have a few people. Like, if somehow, somehow, you get Colin Kaepernick, Johnny Manziel, and Tim Tebow on board, you might get some people to watch. But even then, it's like, what are you doing? Like a four-team league? Come on now. Come on now. We'll have more on that as it comes. We've got the best people. We've got the best team as it pertains to finding out stuff like this between – like David Bixenspan, Brandon Howard, and Chris Harrington. Chris Harrington has a story up on Fightful.com under our exclusives right now about how Raven and Buff Bagwell, their case was dismissed, but they didn't get any money for it. That is up on Fightful.com as well. Go check that out. Main event time, Ring of Honor World Championship. Dalton Castle with the boys defeated Cody with Brandy Rhodes to become ROH World Champion. New title belt. It looked beautiful. Looked beautiful. I love it. I don't think your logo has to be the focal point of a championship. Just make the thing pretty. Make the thing pretty. I don't know. If Jimmy sent me a big Fightful championship with our big Fightful logo, I'd probably be like, man, that's the most badass title ever. And then I'd wake up. 
Cody Rhodes bleaches hair just when you think he like gets comfortable and maybe he'll go down the road of being stagnant. He changes something up just a little bit. No, I don't know if this is a permanent or semi-permanent thing. But uh, you can say what you want about his in-ring work, but from a character standpoint, he's always willing to switch things up. He came out hot with the list. Then when the list was done and his babyface run had kind of run its course, he turned heel, joined Bullet Club, then got on being the elite. And then he's changing his hair a little bit, and he looked like he was celebrating that Eminem album drop, but whatever, whatever. I think it's a sign of a smart guy to change often. Reinvent yourself. I'm sure he sees what Jericho's doing. Jericho's 40-something. Somebody said he looks like Surfer Sting. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Say what you want about his in-ring, but he totally died. His hair. Yeah, quite the leap, huh? But, yeah, I mean, for some guys, that is a leap for, for guys at Cody Rhodes' level. After a missed disaster kick and some back and forth, Cody catches a Dalton apron Rana and power bombs him through a table. Apparently our boy Oaf Sinclair is okay with that, with tables. Uh, Brandy Rhodes dives onto the boys, and then they all get inje- get ejected. I You can see the spot coming from a mile away, but it was a cool spot. Like, Brandy climbed the top rope and then jumped onto the boys outside. That was really cool. Good for her. Dalton Castle really smooth with his suplexes. They don't require a lot of setup. That's a great aspect of his character. As flamboyant as he is, he can go in the ring. And especially from the, the from an amateur perspective, he doesn't like take a lot of time preparing his suplexes. Unless they're deadlift suplexes, and that's kind of by design. So I, I like that. Cody Rhodes is bleeding. I like halfway think that's why he did the blonde hair thing, so it would show more. If you remember last year, I think at Best in the World... Carino and Whitmer wearing that white gear and stuff, which we talk about in that interview with B.J. Whitmer. Cody Rhodes gets German suplexed onto the floor. Both of their finishers are countered, but Oaf Sinclair is down when Dalton Castle taps out Cody with his submission. All right. I've railed on Oaf Sinclair over and over again. When you learn to wrestle, one of the things they'll tell you is, don't bury the ref early on, especially if he's got to uh, – well, don't bury the ref early on in general. But if you've got a spot like this in the main event, it's very important not to bury the ref early on. Because this happened to Todd Sinclair. I'm talking like six, seven times throughout the night. Why does anybody respect him? Why wouldn't Cody have just as much of, of a reason to, to bitch as anybody? Like you all had this – this dipshit refing my match, this important match, this world title match, after he had screwed up five or six times earlier in the night, who cares that I was tapping out? Dalton Castle, at the same, had he lost, yeah, there he was. And over and over and over and over again. Now, I don't know if it's it's an agent thing. I don't know if it's wrestlers not communicating. Hey, we're going to work this spot in there. But at some point, Todd Sinclair is being told by these wrestlers, Okay, you're going to take a bump here. You're going to take a bump here. You're going to look away here. You're going to look away here. You're going to look away here. He's got to step up and say, hey, guys, I'm doing this in every match, sometimes three or four times a match. Why would you respect the ref as an audience if the ref had been buried so early and often? That's like a – that's – 
one of the first things you learn when you go to wrestling school, man, don't bury the ref, especially early on. SR Brent Fott says SRS versus Todd Sinclair at Fightful's first wrestling show. I would tap out Todd Sinclair. Uh, I'll give you that one. Hey, we did say that if Fightful ever runs a show, we guarantee we will fill up a 100-seat venue. How about that? How about that? Crossroads hits, but Castle recovers hits Bangarang in about 12, 13 minutes for the pin. little anticlimactic in my estimation. That wasn't as long as I expected, and definitely not the breakout match you would expect out of or that, that you think that Cody Rhodes needs, but he's still getting it done. He looked really dejected, really upset. So I'm I'm interested to see what happens with his character. I hate the term interested to see. I think that's lazy, but I am. I think that it could be I, I don't know where it'll go, and I'm very interested in that. And I think that I think that when Cody Rhodes has this type of character development. He always jumps on it the right way. Dalton Castle as the guy, that's cool. I think it, maybe they pulled the trigger a little too late. I mean, not too late, a little late, but fun match. I know one thing, that that four-way elimination match should not have went 17 minutes. That was a 10, 11-minute match. Should have been. You could have given three, four more minutes to Dalton and Cody to really build it up. But, man, that was just its not good. Second shortest, or I think third shortest match on the show was Taven Osprey. If, you, if somebody asked me to rank the matches, I would go Hung Bucks versus Dragon Lee, Flip Gordon, and Titan. Taven versus Osprey. Probably Briscoes versus Bully Ray and Dreamer. Actually, I put Lethal and Skrull ahead of that. Then the then the tag match, then Cody Rhodes, Dalton Castle underneath that. Send in some questions, guys. Got y'all covered. Also, like, subscribe, thumbs up, all that good stuff. It really, really helps us. Man, I like this show. Uh, I, I think I'm going to like it a lot more than Clash of Champions this Sunday, but yeah, that remains to be seen. That, that seems kind of like a glorified SmackDown to me. We got that UFC Winnipeg tomorrow night, but I think that Ring of Honor has a very important period, and Wrestle Kingdom is an important period for them. I will say, in as opposed to recent years, it seems like they are a little more detached from one another than than those times. Ring of Honor and New Japan, it felt like there were a lot more people jumping back and forth between brands this time of year, uh, the past couple of years. So Kieran George asks what my thoughts are on Colby Covington trashing CM Punk and Twitter. He's he's an idiot. He is somehow a, a, an amazing idiot, but a very smart, savvy guy, Colby Covington. He's making noise, but, but damn. But you got to... Some of the sexual slurs and stuff, not not with that. Brian Rose, our associate editor, says, Cody Ibushi for the Dome is still on. It's now a special singles match. Yeah, that, that means that Kota Ibushi could beat him now, and there's always the possibility with Kota Ibushi. He's willing to work anywhere. He just won't sign anywhere. 
he could have won and then lost the title like right back or something. But LV Sports Group said it's now meaningless. But like I said, it might be the only match on the show without a damn title. Well, yeah. That's about it. Like, that's (laughs) – everything else is – like, they've got 400 titles in New Japan, and they've got a big roster. But let's run down that Wrestle Kingdom card real quick. Okada versus Naito for the heavyweight championship. That's going to be just fire. Yeah, Cody versus Kota is the only non-title match on the show outside of the Rumble that will get set up. So you get Cody, Kota versus Cody. I think that Kota will get what I would consider a 7 out of 10 match out of Cody, and that's that's good. If you were put that on the Meltzer scale, it's probably about four stars. Tanahashi, Jay White. You know, I'm not that excited about that match. I'm sure it'll be good. It's for the Intercontinental Championship. But, uh, I, you know, I just think that... I worry about Tanahashi. He's battled a lot of injuries over the last year, so that, that's that's a big concern for me. I know they think a lot of Jay White. Skrull versus Takahashi, Kushida, and Osprey. Man, Kushida is one of my favorite workers in the world ever. Osprey's great. Takahashi's great. Skrull's good. Can't wait for that one. Rapongi 3K versus the Young Bucks. They they I think they should just get rid of the Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. I know the Young Bucks want to just be heavyweights, or probably to just abolish that junior heavyweight tag team championship. Just let them in there. It'll make for better actual IWGP tag team championships. Speaking of, Killer Elite Squad against Evil and Sonata. Yeah, sure. Why not? And then Omega versus Jericho. As Jeff Hawkins said on our podcast last week, it seemed like it was going to be like a typical Omega match, but now it seems more like an 80s Mid-South type of match, which will be very good, I think. I think it'll be very good. I'm very excited for it. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Vinny Fernando says, no way Jericho should be going over at this point. Yeah, but you never know. You just never know. LV Sports Group says, really, SRS, please explain. I assume you mean about the Cody versus Dakota. Only match not for a title. I'm always intrigued by whatever they have Cody do because he won't commit. Like, you never know how far ahead he's seeing things. He might decide to retire tomorrow, like, for, for all we know. But, well, maybe not. He loves wrestling an awful lot. An awful lot. More blood during the match, you think. Yeah, Jericho and Omega are probably going to bleed. What's the status of War Machine? Man, your guess is as good as mine. I ask about every two weeks, and they play it close to the vest. They they do really good at hiding it. The thing is, you, you see them, and you're like, man, that's you got to imagine that's who WWE would have wanted for the Wyatt family. <laughs> that, that would be a hell of a match, too. Harper and Rowan against... Hanson and Rowe, my my concern is they would try to do some stuff a little too convoluted because contrary to popular belief, Eric Rowan is very (laughs) ambitious about his offense. Like he's always adding to his offense, sometimes doing some things that, that um, he's not necessarily ready for. Stone Osborne asks any word on the Alex Hammerstone interview. I will get to it. Uh, He, 
if he accepts, he will be a guest on Listing Your Boy. But I've got that NWA feature that I'm working on. I have talked to Tim Storm. Um, I'm going to talk to Court Bauer. I talked to Dave Lagana. Talked to Colt Cabana. Talked to Dan Severn about it. But it's one of my long forms in the line uh, of the Muhammad Hassan article, the Gerald Harris weathering the storm feature, uh, Shane Crutchton, the Kentucky Athletic Commission, and Brawl for All articles. It is my latest long form. I'm hoping to drop that between Christmas and New Year, but I may end up dropping it before. I don't know. It's it's tough because we got a ton of content coming during that point. We got a. Uh, I'm going to release the Fightful Books at Royal Rumble uh, publicly. That way, everybody can get it. So yeah, Brian Rose says the NWA article is going to be lit. Yeah, um, got I have somebody transcribing that Tim Storm interview. He told me a great Ahmed Johnson story, by the way. Uh, he's going to be a guest on Listing Your Boy. I've got Wikipedia fact check with him as well. And I'm talking to Court Bauer next week. I'm going to interview him extensively about – I'm going to ask his thoughts on the NWA and, of course, him running MLW events, but – I'm going to ask him about, from a writer's perspective, how Royal Rumble is handled. Uh, Royal Rumble, to me, it's like Christmas for Fightful. We do a ton of features. I did the Rumble Retro last year where I went back and like kind of live-tweeted all the shows. I've got a live tweet, live quote-unquote tweet. The uh, 2017 Royal Rumble, because I was there live, so i got to add that. I'm going to re-release the Shane Helms podcast we did last year. It's in the archives if you all want to check it out at FightfulPods.com. But I walked through all of Shane's experiences at Royal Rumble. And you all may think, well, what the hell did Shane Helms ever do at a Royal Rumble? Well, he was involved in that, that cool spot with Triple H and Steve Austin. There was the 2004 Rumble where he took that nasty, gross fall to the outside and it looked like he tore up his knee. There was the year he ran down to the ring like a dumbass looking like Repo Man. That was funny. Then there were some times when it was the the 05 Royal Rumble where he got the shit chopped out of him by the three guys in the ring. Then there was the Royal Rumble where he won the Cruiserweight Championship as a member of Raw when the title was on SmackDown. We go in-depth about that. You can find that in the archives. But uh, something I'm very excited for, hoping it all works out, myself, Alex Palowski, Jeff Hawkins, are going to do live commentary, or alternate commentary, rather, over the 2005 Royal Rumble. It won a vote, or won a poll that I put up a couple weeks ago. And uh, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff from the Daniel Pewter having heat to Muhammad Hassan, which you know you guys know that if you've followed me for any length of time, I've got quite the insight on that, to the <laughs> finish of the 2005 Royal Rumble that many wonder, was it supposed to happen, wasn't it supposed to happen? A lot to talk about there, and we're going to really we're going to provide entertaining alternate commentary, and I'm going to share some behind-the-scenes stuff that, that I've learned through interviews and that, that I've found out. I think it's going to be a good time. Somebody asked if I've listened to Vince Russo's new radio show. No, I haven't. I don't get a lot of time to listen to other shows. I do listen to Pritchard's podcast. Um, I'll listen to Joe Rogan sometimes. Fighter and the kid here and there, but I don't get a lot of time to listen to other podcasts that are on Fightful because you got you all got to know I got to edit all these too. Like um, all those are, that are on our network, like got to handle those. Somebody says Vince and S Arusa over gold together. Uh, thank you, I appreciate that. Um, I like to think that 
I don't want to say I kept Russo in check, but he knew I, he knew I wasn't going to do the shtick. And I think that Vince Russo, when, when he drops the shtick, is a very valuable resource to wrestling media. I heard nothing but good things about him as it pertains to the Aralucha tapings. Even Shane Helms told me that, and Shane Helms, like, it seemed like he had heat with Russo leading up to that. Said that Russo was nothing but good to deal with. So that made me happy to hear because contrary to popular belief, Vince is not that, like, he's not like a hard dude to deal with. There there are times he and I didn't see eye to eye. Like I had pitched to him last summer when Fightful started. I wanted him to do the single topic thing that, Bruce Pritchard ended up doing. I've mentioned that several times in the podcast. I don't, we couldn't have made it work the way that Conrad and Bruce did. And that uh, Conrad also did with Tony Schiavone, but I thought that that was a good one. Somebody asked, would we ever work together again? Yeah, I've worked with him here and there. I mean, I talked to him every once in a while, but yeah, he floated the idea to me. Like if I would want to do live shows and things like that with him at, during big wrestling weekends, I told him I would uh, consider it. That was last summer, but, but yeah, like I, I would entertain. It. It's just some of the controversial stuff that said, I kind of separate myself from, but I like Vince personally. He's, he's, he's a good dude. So when NXT takeover does their usual, let's pan into the audience to see who's in attendance. Will there be ricochet? Depend. I think I think money's important to Ricochet right now, and I don't know if WWE's willing to give him the amount that that he wants. I don't know. Wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't shock me at all. Guys, I'm gonna uh, Fightful going to be at New Orleans 34. I'm sure we're going to have somebody there. Uh, we are going to be at New Japan and Long Beach. Thank to our dude uh, Brian Rose. Hot diggity damn, uh, guys. Thank you for the questions. I will do – I've got an AMA post over on our Fightful Forums over in the open discussion area. I will continue to to update that. Just send in your questions, and I'll do an AMA podcast one day. Maybe me and Jimmy Van will do one of those sooner than later. But keep it locked at Fightful.com. I want to thank you guys. I'm, I'm happy with the numbers that we're doing for a, a Friday night at 1 in the morning. So if uh, if these continue to do well – and you all get the word out and stuff. I'll keep doing them. That's all that it depends on. It has The juice has to be worked to squeeze, and it definitely was tonight. Make sure you all uh, like, subscribe, thumbs up. I want to thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. I wanted to do this show. It's not something that Jimmy said, ah, I need you to cover this or cover that. Or It's something that I decided that I wanted us to do for Fightful. I, I wanted to do for you guys, and I hope you guys liked it. Thank you, guys. Till next time, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.